Hello, America. We want to talk about wokeness. Uh, and I want to take you to a couple of places this hour. Uh, we were just talking to a Middle East ex- expert that was talking about how our woke culture, uh, it really didn't, didn't sell well over in Afghanistan. Uh, you're kidding me. It barely sells over here in America. But when it does, giant corporations have taken this and they are they are just playing people like crazy. When people figure out how bad this, uh, this woke culture is and how it's just a product, I think they're going to be a little upset for being used, but maybe that's just me. There's a new book that is coming out today on Woke Inc. I have its author in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Ah, oh, my pillow. Uh, believe it or not, I didn't think I would like my pillow uh, because if I if I picked it up in a store, I would have been like, ah, oh, I'd like something a little more firm. Blah blah blah. I don't know how exactly it works, but you put your fist through each end of the pillow and it fluffs it and it lasts the whole night. Uh, I don't know how. I'm not questioning. I'm not a scientist. Good God, man. Uh, However, they also have at MyPillow the Giza Dream Sheets, which are also fantastic. They're made with Giza cotton, the softest cotton in the world. They get softer and softer the more you use them. They're breathable, cool to the touch and really durable it's my pillow mypillow.com they have all the products for your sleep uh and a 60-day money-back guarantee so if you get the pillow and you're like i hate this just ship it back it's mypillow.com click on the radio listener specials get the giza dream sheets for as low as 49.99 with the promo code back do it now mypillow.com Vivek Ramaswamy is the author of Woke Inc. He is uh, quite an amazing man uh, that uh, was at 20 years old, was a hedge fund partner. He founded multi-million dollar enterprises. He led a biotech company as the CEO. Uh, he He studied to be a scientist at Harvard, a lawyer at Yale. Pretty much the guy you're like, all right, sit down, have a nap. You're making me look bad. Uh, he is uh, with us now. Vivek, how are you, sir? Good to talk to you. Good, glad to be here. Yeah. Thanks yeah. For having me. Um, tell me, the, the book that you're doing is you're blowing the lid off of, of this woke scam. And uh, I don't know if you tie it into the Great Reset um, and, and <laughs> what BlackRock is or, or, you know, with what BlackRock is doing, but... Um, it's, it's quite an amazing scam. It is. It is the defining scam of our century. And I didn't, I wasn't born into elite America, Glenn, but I have lived in elite America for the last 15 years. And I'm revealing the scam of of our time, which is that these companies in corporate America pretend like they care about something other than profit and power Mm -hmm. precisely to gain more of each. And and the problem is that that's not just an act of hypocrisy. It is wreaking havoc on our democracy because it demands that a small group of investors and CEOs determine what's good for the rest of society rather than our democracy at at large. And that is fostering a new crisis of institutional mistrust in our country. It's Mm -hmm. dividing our country to a breaking point as they're pushing a woke agenda 
that says your identity is based on your race and your gender and your sexual orientation. And that might make us better consumers to buy their stuff, but it leaves us worse off as citizens in the end. And, and that's what I'm exposing in the new book and hopefully also charting a better way forward for us. So tell me why companies like Nike, this, this is the number one question people have. Why would they do this? Why would they uh, hold these? Why would Coca-Cola say be less white in their meetings? Why would they do that? Well, I'll tell you, Coca-Cola would rather talk about teaching their employees to be less white or issue statements about new voting law in Georgia that make it sound more like a super PAC than a soft drink manufacturer, for that matter. Then it would talk about its own product's impact on a nationwide epidemic of diabetes and obesity, including, by the way, Glenn, in the very black community that they profess to care so much about. That is how this new game is played, where big business effectively blows woke smoke to cover up their actual business practices that they would rather not talk about. Wall Street mastered the game in the post-2008 era, Glenn, when you might remember big business was bad guy in the eyes of the old left. Yep. But what the new left found is there was this new, what, what, what big business found is there was this new woke left that said actually the real problem wasn't economic injustice. It was racial injustice and misogyny and bigotry. And that actually presented the opportunity of a generation for big business and for Wall Street in this country to say that if they could use their market power to push these woke values, if they could lend their legitimacy to this new woke movement, then they could actually go from being the bad guys to becoming the good guys. And so what I talk about in the book is the story of how you know, a bunch of big banks got in bed with a bunch of woke millennials. Together, they birthed woke capitalism, and they actually put Occupy Wall Street up for adoption. Silicon Valley then copies the act, effectively censoring content that the new left doesn't want to see online, but in return, expecting the new Democratic Party to look the other way when it comes to leaving their monopoly power intact. And it has worked so masterfully for Wall Street and for Silicon Valley that Nike and Coca-Cola and the rest of corporate America, as we know it, are following suit. And I think that that is the real threat to individual liberty and prosperity today, Glenn. I agree. It isn't just big government. It is this new hybrid of big government and big business that can do what neither one can do on its own. And yep. that, to me, is the defining challenge of our time. I, I think this is, you know, I've heard, I've heard big capitalists say for 25 years, you know, China's the new model. And I've always, I've always responded with, uh, I don't want that to be the new model, thank you. Um, but that's really what stakeholder capitalism is. Our, we as a shareholder in shareholder capitalism, I can go to the meetings, I can vote, et cetera, et cetera. But stakeholder capitalism, my only way in for a voice on that is who I elect. And we know how well Washington is working for us now. Exactly. And, and some people, you know, amongst Milton Friedman types, they may not like stakeholder capitalism because they think that politics infecting business makes business less efficient. And I share those concerns to some degree. I've been a CEO, but I actually am more concerned about the opposite, Glenn, is the way in which actually it allows big business to erode our democracy. In yeah, reverse. it makes it that's makes government world Europe. It makes exactly. government more efficient because <laughs> they can't do those things. Yeah. And, and, and it also imperils democracy because you convert this one person, one vote system that we have into a one dollar, one vote system mm. where a bunch of CEOs spouting off from Davos get to decide what's best for the rest of us. And, you know, stakeholder capitalism sounds like a very friendly title. In reality, what it is, is a vector to advance values that empower the people who are at the top of that chain, but at the expense of democracy itself. And here's what the progressives don't realize, Glenn, is that once corporations become a vehicle to advance progressive agendas, which they are today, 
they become a vehicle to advance any agenda. And you put your finger on it before, they are advancing the agenda of the Communist Party of China. Because when companies like Nike and Disney do not say a peep about true human rights atrocities in China, while they continue to criticize the United States relentlessly, that creates this false moral equivalence on the global stage between the United States and, and with China. When Twitter bans the 45th president of the United States but continues to allow the Taliban to tweet, it creates a false moral equivalence between the United States and the Taliban. And that attacks our greatest geopolitical asset of all, which is not our nuclear arsenal. It is our moral standing on the global stage. And these companies have turned into Trojan horses that are undermining those American interests from within, not just in our culture and in our democracy, but now in geopolitics. I am so glad that you have published this book. I am so glad that you've published this. I've been ringing this bell for a while. And, you know, people say, oh, that's crazy. No, it's not. It makes total sense that they would do this. They are gaining money and power and not forget about America. It's one market to them. They're going for the globe. Exactly. And and you think this is also a foreign policy disaster dating back 30 years in the United States where we thought we could use our money to get countries like China to be more like us, to spread democracy. Correct. And instead, countries like China have turned that on its head by using their money to get us to be more like them. And I am sorry to say it is working that exporting Big Macs and Happy Meals to other countries didn't spread democracy. (laughs) Instead, China has used Nike sneakers and Disney movies as Trojan horses, sending them back with their own values. And that is the reality of, of the painful lesson that we've learned over the last 30 years. One of the things I do in the book, though, is I lay out what I think is a better way forward, what we ultimately need to do to turn this tide. It will not be easy. But I think it is the defining challenge for not only the future of the conservative movement, but the future of the American movement as we know it. So, Vivek, how do we uh, I mean, when you look, you mentioned the banking system, you know, you look at the um, uh, the Paris Accords. That wasn't about global warming. That was about the banking system. That's all that was. Um, And so when you have the banking system and this new ESG uh, rollout, you have complete control and shutting anyone down that stands against it. How are you? How are you proposing? How do we get out of that? So so what's happening right now, Glenn, is crony capitalism 2.0. And it's the mirror image of crony capitalism 1.0. In crony capitalism 1.0, what happens is companies co-opt the government to do their own bidding effectively through an indirect bribe. What we see in version 2.0 is the reverse. The government is actually co-opting companies to be able to do through the back door indirectly what the government cannot directly accomplish through the front door under our constitution. So let's talk about climate change or climate addressing climate change as an issue that you raised. Right now, they could not get the Green New Deal through Congress. Right. So what they're instead doing is John Kerry, the climate czar of President Biden, is boasting about this. He's using big banks on Wall Street to stop lending to any projects that they feel does not comport with their agenda. Mm-hmm. That is using the back door to accomplish what they couldn't do through the front door, which is an affront to the Constitution. And I will tell you, big banks are not charitable institutions, Glenn. They do not do those favors for free. The real question is what they are getting in reverse. It right. is a reverse bribe. Same thing with big tech censorship. They say that these are private companies operating as private institutions. Well, guess what? Maybe if they're operating as private companies, they should be free to do what they want. But they're not. 
They are now doing the bidding of the federal government to take down misinformation and hate speech yep. as defined by the party in power. Jen Psaki and Joe Biden are boasting about it. And worst of all, they're actually protected by this cloak of federal immunity called Section 230 that immunizes them from liability in the states for doing exactly that. And so my view is if it is state action in disguise, then the Constitution still applies. In the case of big tech, these companies still ought to be bound by the Constitution, the First Amendment, the Constitution and the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States when they are doing the selective bidding of the government and when they're protected by federal immunity to do it. That's an example of the kinds of solutions I trace in the book, looking back to the way in which government has actually used its power to empower certain classes of companies to do the bidding of big government and particularly the progressive wing of big government without the accountability that we have in our constitutional system with checks and balances. We have a government, however, that even without the private side is not following the Constitution. And it doesn't seem as if anyone really cares about it. They don't. They just think it'll always be this way. And everyone who has lived in a foreign country, especially a former Soviet bloc, uh, they are they all see exactly what is coming. Uh, And the American... The American people just don't see it. I, I want to continue our conversation here in, in just a second. The name of the book that is out is Woke Inc. It comes out today. It is critical that you understand this is the problem. This is what we're fighting. We're not fighting a bunch of Marxists or anything else. I personally think the Marxists are useful idiots. Remember, I'm the guy that wrote Arguing with Socialists. I learned my lesson after I wrote that book. Wait a minute. That's not even the real target. The real target is government and business colluding. That's the structure. And it's a communist uh, model. And yeah, it sure looks an awful lot like socialism, but it's totalitarianism. Uh, And it is run by the corporations, the elite All of the people that think they know better than you. Back in just a second. Whatever you're listening to right now, it's going to be better with a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ear. Whether it's an audio book on bird watching or the latest episode of the Glenn Beck program, 19th century French art songs, uh, the piano or Icelandic death metal, whatever it is you're listening to that's by the way really good if you listen to some icelandic it's the only death metal i like yeah mm-hmm. good for you good for you um you want to listen to it with uh with earbuds from raycon wireless earbuds they come with gel tips for your comfort unlike a lot of other brands they don't stick out of your ears yeah apple i'm talking about you with those stupid white golf clubs Made by slaves, most likely. But anyway, Raycons have a 32-hour battery life, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. 32-hour battery time. They started half the price of the other premium audio brands, and they sound just as amazing. Raycons come with a 45-day happiness guarantee, so you can't lose. You don't like them? Send them back. Create your own soundtrack with Raycon. You can get 15% off your Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash Beck. Buyraycon.com slash Beck. Save 15%. Buyraycon.com slash Beck. 10 seconds. Station ID. Vivek Ramaswamy uh, is with us. He is the author of Woke, Inc., 
why I'm blowing on how corporate America is poisoning society. Um, you can't be very popular, <laughs> Ravek, <laughs> in the circles well, uh, that you have run in. I pissed off some, some quote-unquote powerful people, I will say, in recent days as the book has come out. And, uh, and I'm okay with that, Glenn, because unlike a lot of people, including myself, who years ago may have had to choose between putting food on the dinner table and speaking my mind openly, thankfully I've lived the full arc of the American dream now, and I don't have to really restrain what I have to say for fear of consequence. I thankfully started a company that ended up being successful. I have seen this from the inside, and so many people who have seen it from the inside would rather continue playing the game, wear hipster clothes, applaud diversity and inclusion, muse about the racially disparate impact of climate change after flying on a private jet to Davos. I can tell you it's not a bad life. I, I've seen what that looks like. But at the end of the day, somebody has to tell the story from the inside. And, and I'm not a journalist reporting on my findings. This is what I have seen from elite academia to big pharma to Wall Street to Silicon Valley, I have lived in those worlds. And at the end of the day, I think once the American people see what's going on, yeah, maybe their blood will boil. But I think that is also the first step to seeing the problem with clear eyes that allows us to chart a better way forward. So you are, um, I mean, you just said one of the bigger problems is a lot of people would just rather play along. Um, uh, you know, people, I think, feel powerless. And when you, they feel powerless over the government. But when you join the government with big tech and big corporation, what chance do you have? Absolutely. It's really hard where you have to ultimately make the choice between keeping your job today and speaking your mind. And I personally think one of the things I talk about in the book is I think that we need legislative solutions that meet that unique challenge to liberty in 2021. Not just reciting some slogan we memorized in 1980 saying the free market can do no wrong without recognizing that the free market that we idealize doesn't actually exist today. No, we need to apply new dogmas to address our present challenges. And so, so one of those for me is really simple. I think we should add political belief as a protected class right up there next to race, sex, religion, national origin, and sexual orientation in the civil rights statutes. And, you know, if you want to have a conversation about whether that's actually one more constraint on a business that we shouldn't want to apply. I think that's reasonable if we get rid of protected classes altogether. But a lot of the solutions that I propose in the book is, I think you can't have it both ways. Either we trust the market and the truly free market to address all forms of discrimination evenly, or we have to apply those standards evenly to say that if you can't discriminate against somebody or fire somebody or deplatform somebody just because they're black or gay or Muslim or Christian or Jewish or whatever, you should not be able to fire or deplatform them just because they're an outspoken conservative either. And that is not an academic issue. It is happening every day in this country, directly or indirectly. If it can happen to the 45th president of the United States, it can literally happen mm. to anybody. And so I think these are the kinds of solutions we need to meet our moment. Give me uh, uh, we have two minutes. Give me a final uh, pitch to somebody who kind of really doesn't doesn't get it yet. They're like, ah, I don't know if that's. As bad as they're making it out to be. Sounds like a conspiracy yeah. theory. Well, I think it's not a conspiracy in the sense that you can see it in plain sight. You look at the ways that companies do business here in the United States and criticize the United States while they're doing it. Ask those same businesses if they're criticizing slavery in the United States 250 years ago, then why are you not reducing your reliance on slave labor in China today? And if you think that that isn't the CCP behind the scenes pulling the strings directly, you can actually look at hard facts that prove they are. 
Airbnb posts a nice black square on its corporate Instagram account and says it stands in solidarity with Black Lives Matter here in the United States, while it uses that to win your trust, to give them your data, and they're handing that over to the CCP as a condition for entry into the Chinese market. Details that I detail in my book. So this is a game in which the American consumers are being played, American citizens are being played. But Glenn, the right answer isn't to cancel wokeness in return. It is to dilute it to irrelevance by reviving a shared sense of American identity that runs so deep that it really dilutes wokeism to nothing. And, and I think if the last decade was our decade of celebrating our diversity and our differences, then so be it. Let the next decade still be about celebrating what binds us together as one people. And I think that that's actually the ultimate solution is a cultural revival of that American identity. Uh, I talk about at length in the book. I love me and and you bet. I I love you. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, the name of the book is Woke Inc. It just became available today. It is well worth your time. Might want to buy a couple of copies and give one to a friend. You want to understand what's going on? Here's a great place to start. Woke Inc. Available everywhere. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Michael lives in Arizona. He writes in about his experience with Relief Factory. He says, I have never experienced a product that has made such a huge difference in the way that I feel. I, I had daily headaches due to stiffness from hard work and old age. They have completely, underlined, disappeared. I feel 20 years younger. Relief Factor has absolutely changed my well-being, and I recommend it to anybody suffering from aches and pains. Thank you, Glenn, so much for recommending it. Michael, I'm glad you had this experience. I know how much Relief Factor has helped me with my own pain and how much it continues to do so. I take it three times a day still. You're going to know if it works for you in three weeks. Get the three-week quick start. If it works for you, continue to take it. If it doesn't, uh, stop taking it. And about 30% of the people who try it uh, stop taking it. 70% go on to order more because they feel like me. They feel like Michael. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It's relieffactor.com. All right, head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. You'll get the promo code Glenn, 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. I became aware of a video uh, early, I think, last week uh, from Politizoid. Uh, Politizoid has uh, done uh, several videos that are well worth your time to watch. Uh, let me just uh, play the highlights of this one. It starts in Disneyland uh, at It's a Woke World. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to It's a Woke World. This video takes you into It's a Small World, except everything has changed inside but it looks exactly like it it's a it's a world of privilege in boats that are cramped welcome to disney's re-education camp if your skin if your skin is white it's time you're contrite it's a woke world after all 
It's a world of power, a world of fears, and we work long days to make souvenirs. Although millions have died and the Uyghurs aside, it's a woke world after all. is a land where once you lived free as a capitalist pig of the bourgeoisie we could eat until we are fat and we would vote democrat if we just get past that wall the guy who put this together would like to remain anonymous so we're just going to refer to him uh, as a the creative director of Politizoid. He is a former Disney artist. Welcome to the program. Thank you. <laughs> you bet. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. It, I liked your narration there. Thank you. Uh, so you must have a great job, especially since you, you don't uh, you don't have to t- you don't have to take credit in the bows. You also don't have to take the hits. <laughs> well, my family's not quite ready for that yet. I think I the bet. day will come. Um, but considering I live in Los Angeles and uh, I run my own shop, so you know I have clients that couldn't really handle uh, the fact yeah. that I animated that piece that you shared. Uh, but you know, I'm tired of watching my country go down the drain, and it's it's time to do something. Um, I've been doing these cartoons for about ten years, um, and you know, at times we've had funding and, and a team of 12 guys running around. Other times it's just me. It, it, just, it depends on what the opportunity, uh, you know, the opportunity is there. But um, uh, I took about a seven-year hiatus off of doing these cartoons and jumped back in the game with um, a piece called Shift Hits the Fan. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was getting so uh, been out of shape over the impeachment scam. And uh, kept seeing Adam Schiff coming on, you know, saying all these things that were undoubtedly, you know, false. And uh, every one of them proved uh, that he was lying. And so I, I dressed him up like Wiley Coyote and, and I put some, uh, you know, Trump hair on the Roadrunner and had him chasing <laughs> after him. And about three weeks later, the White House was sharing it. And uh, uh, so, you know, it was like, well, I guess I'm back. So since then... I've been putting out as many as I can in between client jobs and cause these, um, these take quite a while to do. I mean, the piece you just played took about uh, four to five weeks to complete. So, wow. Um, full time, so you know, yeah, it's a heavy investment in time to do something like this. And are, are you doing it by yourself or are there others involved in it? Um, right now the animation was done by myself. Uh, I had, uh, some friends that helped contribute some elements, some of the posters at the end and, um, you know, like the pictures of Mao and that sort of thing. Uh, I, I, I had some help. Uh, and then, uh, I had some friends that, uh, brought together the, the, the course cause all that music was recreated. Yeah. Uh, that none of that was pulled from any original Disney material. Right. So uh, the orchestra, everything had to be recreated uh, using synthesizers. And, uh, but I can't sing like a, a child. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so fortunately, uh, I had a friend that uh, was able to bring together, um, you know, a lot of acting students and, and, uh, and of course the end was an adult choir. So I'm not even sure how many people end up singing it. Cause I wasn't there. They sent me the files. Um, but 
without their help, I couldn't have pulled this off. I mean, if that song's not right, I mean, you want to feel like you're no, in a you, real attraction. Yeah. And I, I have to tell you, the animation is unbelievable. I mean, you worked for Disney uh, at one point yeah. as an animator. And it is, I mean, this is really, really well done. Um, what, uh, why did you take on Disney? Well, I wouldn't do what I do without Walt Disney. Um, I, I, I grew up not wanting to be an animator. I grew up wanting to be Walt Disney. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've, I know his history. Uh, I've actually traveled to Marceline, Missouri twice and stood in front of his old offices in Kansas city. And, and of course done the tour here in LA multiple times of just, uh, tracing his steps because um i can't imagine what our country would be like without amen i am so glad to hear you say i've been allowed to go into the archives i've gone through his daily calendars and his diaries um he's an amazing man and i i don't know if you could say this uh, about very many people especially in the 20th century imagine america without walt disney it would be a radically different place. And I'm not sure we'd still be free because he put so much Americana into us, buried it deep into us as kids. Well, yes. Um, I mean, just imagine what Hollywood would be like without him. You know, there would have been no counterbalance. It's what we got now. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know how deliberate or structured the takeover was, or if it was just kind of like an opportunity that presented itself to the left, but they took care of it by overtaking Walt's company. I, I, I understand why Walt took the company public. Uh, mm-hmm. He wanted to execute his ideas, but it was the worst mistake he ever made. Uh, followed up only by him not really having a good succession plan when he died. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't. I mean, you know, he probably felt like he was immortal or something. You know, I'm yeah. not going to die. Yeah. Uh, but um, that happened much sooner than he anticipated. And um, you know, I learned what America was through watching those shorts. You know, Pecos Bill and and mm. Paul Bunyan and all those sorts of pieces. Yeah. It just gave you a sense of pride and and a connection to the people that came before us. And um, that that connection has been severed. And I know that Walt would be just, uh, I mean, that's why I put Walt at the end. I, I know you didn't get to that part, but I actually pulled no, I know. From his congressional testimony where he was talking about the communists in Hollywood. I turned that in on itself, where he is actually calling the current regime a Disney communist as a floating head in the, in the reanimation lab because the old urban legend that he was right. frozen. Right. Even though it was actually cremated. Well, that's what they want you to believe. He's actually uh, in the middle of the uh, African. Uh, uh, what is that stupid ride called? The African jung- the jungle ride. That's where he is. The freeways, the, the freezers in the middle of the jungle, uh, the jungle cruise. Um, uh, are there are there more people like you than we think? Because while we don't think there are anybody, there is anybody like you. Are there more Disney people that are in that company that are just silent right now? Um, there are a uh, lot of traditional folks that are below the line in Hollywood, meaning that, you know, they're, they're the, the craftspeople, the ones that actually do the work as opposed to the ones that are green lighting projects and, and um, actors commanding large salaries. Mm. And uh, they keep their head down. You know, I have a buddy that 
is having to, you know, direct woke stuff right now. And, and you know, I get texts going, man, this is just, it's not my scene. I hate this. And, um, you know, they, they'll share my videos around by email, you know, their personal email and give me the thumbs up. But, you know, what really needs to happen is an opportunity to start pulling those folks into a new operation that competes yeah. with Hollywood. Yes. Uh, one where they know that they're not going to be canceled and that they can feed their families and, and save their country at the same time. And if an opportunity like that you know, presents itself, then I, I think that there are tons of people in Hollywood that would jump at the chance. I will tell you, though, that conservatives just don't part with their money as easily as liberals do, especially on things like movies. Um, you know, they they don't like the odds of success. And and it's interesting because when it comes to politics, it seems like the left never runs out of money. Um, but it's very difficult on the right for some reason. Well, there's a very different mindset. I mean, you know, I kind of straddle the world between entertainment and politics. And there's very, um, you know, the, the people that run the money in politics are very set in their ways. Um and, and they're able to kind of give the same sales pitch as to where the money's going to go in the ads. And, uh, you, know, I, um, you know, I actually created 10 spots for the Trump campaign, and not one of them got used. Um, and it wasn't the folks that I was working with directly. They were great. But it would go up the food chain, and it would get nixed. Wow. And, Can, uh, would you be willing to share them? I'd love to see them. I actually uh, rebranded them as Politozoid, and they're on uh, they're on the YouTube channel and the Twitter. Um, all right, ones that still made sense to release. But I mean, I I I didn't sleep all last October, and I put out uh, spots that could have come up like the day after a debate or something, and they just didn't get used. Wow. And um, it was very frustrating because it, I feel like the pieces I did could have moved the needle. They could have brought in folks that a traditional campaign ad would not have reached. Um, so, it, but you know, it's, it's going to take time. Then unfortunately we don't have a lot of time, but, um, you know, I'm going to keep hammering at it and as the opportunities present themselves and I'm just going to, you know, kind of keep building. Well, I, uh, Politozoid, I have to tell you, I, I was really, really impressed with this, uh, video and, uh, I will begin to share some of your, uh, uh, some of your work as well and hope to, uh, talk to you offline as well. I, I, I think what you're doing is exactly right and i really appreciate your uh your passion uh and your willingness to risk thank you thank you God appreciate bless. it you bet bye-bye so mortgage rates are still hovering at historic lows uh you could probably go just about anywhere to save money with mortgage refinancing or debt consolidation loans but that doesn't mean you should the reason that the only mortgage lender i recommend or have recommended in 25 years is american financing and it's simple the reason why i do it i believe in them i have seen them over the last what 15 years that they have been uh, clients of mine they're the kind of company that puts you first they work for you not the bank and their goal is to find every possible way to help you save hundreds of dollars every single month, maybe as much as a thousand. It's a, a consultative uh, kind of approach led by a salary based expert. So you don't have to worry about pressure or commitment because they're not like that. I've gotten to know the process over the years and I know they can help you just call them, please. If you want to lower your mortgage rate or you need a consolidation loan. Loans are going to be harder and harder to come by soon. Trust me. 
Uh, I want you to call American Financing today, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Mm, welcome to it. Uh, tomorrow's broadcast uh, is so damn frustrating, honestly. It is so frustrating. Uh, tomorrow's television broadcast, our Wednesday night special, uh, just when we thought the worst of the pandemic was over, uh, it started to crawl out uh, again like a cockroach underneath a refrigerator. The tyranny has uh, crawled out again. California reminds us the fight is far from over. New York is going back into a crackdown. Tomorrow, I go live on location to Crony's Sports Bar and tells the story of a small business owner and other business owners that are still fighting the fines. And now they're fighting criminal charges. You may remember the uh, owner of Crony's. He raised uh, $80,000 to help pay off all of his uh, fines and keep his business alive. But a year and a half into this, he's facing a battle on three fronts to stay afloat and now out of jail. It's quite an amazing tale. And if we don't stand together and fight for these small businesses, there's not going to be anything left to fight for. Tomorrow, small business criminals, COVID tyranny rises again. That's tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern on blazetv.com slash Glenn and Blaze TV YouTube. Make sure you don't miss it. Blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and you're going to save 10%. Uh, this one, you know, I, I think hopefully tomorrow, I think we're going to have uh, some people on from New York because they're going back into a lockdown. And these guys are like, look, I, I'm, I'm not a conservative, but I'm not doing this again. These people are putting my, uh, my business, my restaurant out of business. And uh, there is, uh, gosh, I wonder if the Department of Homeland Security is on this because there's an uprising in New York by liberals. Hmm. Just been tired of being pushed around. Hmm. We'll uh, cover all of that on tomorrow's radio program and then tomorrow night on Blaze TV at 9 p.m. You don't want to miss it. The Wednesday night special, 9 p.m., blazetv.com slash Glenn. All right, we'll see you tomorrow morning on the radio. God bless.